0: blog talk radio you're listening to starseed radio academy empowering starseed to better serve the planet Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, September 17th, 2019, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts Lavendar and Anastasia. Our show tonight tells the uplifting story of how Starseed Hotline was born and how the people involved came together. In retrospect, it shows how even when you think you're wandering aimlessly through the third dimension, your star team has a plan for you. And this year, 2019, is the 10th anniversary of our website launch, and we're so grateful to have met thousands of Starseeds, helping them to remember their missions and empower their work. And we have wonderful teams of Starseeds helping with this radio show, providing support at our Starseed quests, and joining each other for lots of Starseed projects all over the world. Tammy, Anastasia, Lavendar, and myself are all so appreciative of the ever increasing number of starseeds waking up and finding their way to us. And we are honored to empower starseeds to better serve the planet. And of course, our website is starseedhotline.com. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's starseed news, bringing topics of interest to starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we would like to thank Kathy and Fiona for hosting the Switchboard tonight. And we may not have any questions or comments, but thanks for being there, ladies. We have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com. And it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds thanks to Tammy's helpful dedication. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk. And if you want to show your support of our program, please just click follow on our page here and you'll get our weekly show notices if you enable those. Our main website is starseedhotline.com and the stage one starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings in your natal astrological chart and the stage two session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia or myself. And due to a continuing flood of requests for readings, there is now up to a 16-week wait for the Stage 1s, and Lavendar is now booking February and asks that her repeat clients book at least six months ahead, especially for solar returns, maybe even more than that. And new clients, uh, please hold off if you can until we can get caught up. Every time someone with a YouTube following recommends us, our waiting lists grow, so your understanding is greatly appreciated. Now, if you have a birthday coming up, you don't want to miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing, and that only takes a couple of days to get that. But if you want the stage two interpretation of that chart, that's when you'll need to order at least six months or more ahead of time to make sure you get it before your 10 hours because our waiting lists are overflowing. But this is a wonderful thing, though, because it shows an ever-increasing number of star seeds waking up and joining a much larger community of light that covers the globe. So first up tonight, I would like to introduce Anastasia with her wonderful... So News! Yay!
1: Woo! Hello, everybody. It's <laughs> a wonderful day. It's great to be with you. It's good to be alive. Well, we have a lot of news tonight, and i am sort of got flood on the mind, so when you said we're flooded with readings, I thought, oh, well, we've got other kinds of floods. The flooding with readings is excellent. The flooding for that, because it does mean that people are waking up. However, in the traditional sense of the word, flooding is occurring all over the planet, not necessarily in awakening ways, but with water. Just amazed at the number of stories that have come out this past seven days about floods. I'm only going to share some of them with you. It goes on and on and on. I mean, it gets boring after a point. It's really, really something's up with this. Floods have killed 33 people across northern Thailand, Uh, The floods have submerged large parts of northern Thailand that, for the last two weeks, it's displaced 22,000 people that have had to be evacuated. The pictures on the Internet are dreadful. And North Africa has been hit with three months' worth of rain in 40 minutes. A flash flood in Algeria's capital of Algiers inundated subway stations and the airport It turns major boulevards into muddy rivers and trap drivers in their cars. Now, surprisingly, no deaths were reported from this, but witnesses say the damage is enormous from this downpour. Sixteen inches of rain fell in 40 minutes, which, as I said before, is the equivalent of three months of normal rainfall. Can you imagine 16 inches in 40 minutes? I mean, you wouldn't be able to breathe. You wouldn't be able to catch your wind with that much rain coming out of the sky. That's just phenomenal. And in New Zealand, heavy rain last week caused flooding and landslides in parts of New Zealand. Uh, More than 10 inches of rain fell in 24 hours. It caused evacuations and road closures all over that area. And in Cambodia, their floods are getting worse. They've had flash floods. Late last week, caused hundreds of farm animals to die. And displaced thousands of people with some loss of life there as well. They say the situation has worsened since rivers uh, began to rise early this month, in the last 17 days. In southern Laos, same thing. Tropical storm Podal and tropical depression, Kajiki, slammed into Laos one uh, after the other late last week, dumped an, an estimated 16 inches of rain in parts of southern Laos. The flooding has affected the lives of 572,000 people and caused considerable damage to buildings and farmlands, of course. And in Spain, at least six fatalities have now been confirmed from the harsh weather that's been affecting southeastern Spain within the last five days. The worst-hit provinces uh, experienced swelling of rivers. It caused raging floods. They got 10 inches of rain in 12 hours on top of days of heavy rain before that. They've had 10 times the normal amount of rain for this time of the year. 10 times. We're not done yet, West Africa. Flooding has been reported in parts of Nigeria, adding to this long list of flood events that have affected countries in West and Northwest Africa over the last few weeks. Meanwhile, the death toll from flooding in Niger has increased While reports that flooding in Chad has displaced hundreds of families, other countries of the region have also seen major flooding over the last few weeks, Uh, along with the Central African Republic and further north all the way to Algeria and Morocco. Wow, lots of water. Well, they have discovered something pretty interesting. I thought the article to be somewhat vague, but I couldn't dig up any more information on it. So I'm just going to share it with you as I happen to have it. They've discovered a lost continent, but it's not Atlantis. Atlantis has not been absolutely identified yet. But what they have discovered is a hidden continent that has been mapped out, now mapped, that's the news, geologists have reconstructed a map of a continent that's nearly a quarter of a billion years old. It's a vanished landmass that lies submerged below the ground of southern Europe. Now, the only visible remnants of this continent, they call it Greater Adria, are in limestones and other rocks that they say were once mountains high above the ground long ago in prehistory, a sunken continent underneath southern Europe. I don't know how they ever figure that out. I mean, for me, a rock is a rock is a rock. So they dig down and they see more rocks. But somehow they have figured out that this is a continent, and they have mapped it all out, and they've given it a name, a lost continent under Europe. Well, I haven't mentioned this. Uh, we have lots of science news I have to pick and choose. But interestingly enough, they are finding new species of things. Uh, several in the last few weeks have uh, stories about this have come up, that they're discovering new species of this, that, or the other thing. Well, now, they've been studying uh, electric eels, and they have all gotten quite a shock, the scientists have, because they've discovered that rather than just one species, there are actually three species of electric eels living in South America, and that one of these generates a bigger voltage than any other bioelectric animal. They have genetically analyzed these uh, species, these discoveries. It's one, uh, two species, excuse me. And the two new species have been discovered to originate from the uh, first species, okay, that has lived on this planet for over 7 million years. 7 million years. Wow. So nobody knew that there were three species of electric eels. They thought there was just one. And they're, they're highly, highly, highly electric. The article went on to say that if you get stung by one of these eels, particularly one of the ones that they just discovered, the one with the big voltage, it has the effect of one of those massive stun guns that can stop the heart. That's how electric they are. Wow. And they communicate through their electricity, and the electricity helps them navigate. It's not just for defense. And to hunt prey, you know, to kill prey and to defend themselves. They, they navigate by these electrical signals and they, they talk through their electricity. Isn't that something? Wow. We communicate via electricity too through our devices. So, really something. Well, do you think Earth is unique? Oh, not our starseed. We know that we're not the only planet. This article says that Earth maybe just isn't so unique. Because a group of astronomers, can I say astronomer? <laughs> I'm not three <laughs> years old. I'm saying this like I'm three years old. <laughs> a group of astronomers have found Earth's long lost cousin. They have discovered the first ever habitable terrestrial planet with water in its atmosphere. And this is according to new research that's been aided by the Hubble telescope. Now, they gave this planet a name, a uh, very dull and uninteresting. I think they do that intentionally. They call it K218b. But this is an exoplanet that is twice the size of Earth with eight times its mass. And a research paper on the new find was published in the Nature Astronomy Journal last week. Big news. Uh, they said that the study's uh, lead author said, finding water in a potentially habitable world other than Earth is incredibly exciting it brings us closer to answering the fundamental question, is the Earth alone in the universe? Well, apparently not. First discovered in 2015, I don't know why they're just now telling us about it, but anyway, uh, this planet resides in the habitable, habitable zone, also known as the Goldilocks zone, of a distant solar system. It sits at just the right distance from its red dwarf star to maintain liquid water on its surface. The researchers noted that the planet's star, which is smaller and cooler than Earth's sun, could possibly emit deadly radiation, and if that were true, it'd make the world hostile to life as we know it, but of course, no one knows for sure if that's the case, and no one knows for sure if the planet is inhabited or not. For sure, the discovery of water on a habitable planet is a game changer in our question about possible life on other planets. Water vapor had previously only been discovered in the atmospheres of super-hot gas giants like Jupiter, but now we know that there is another planet similar to Earth that could house life. It has water. It has the right ingredients in the right zone of space. That's really a big deal. That's, I remember it wasn't that long ago when they were desperately searching for water And not only then did they find it in gases, and they found it in frozen uh, soil and stuff like that, but now they have found it in an atmosphere, a a planet with an atmosphere and water.
0: Wow. That's
1: great. That's exciting. Well, I know our starseed aren't, I don't think, they're particularly addicted to the Internet too terribly much. I mean, I think we all do research, but probably they're just not as nerdy as some of the public But uh, we all probably use Google. Many people use Google. Well, if you have used Google and you have found that one day it wasn't working, I can tell you why. There was a Google search outage that triggered existential crises in young people as the panicked people scrambled for alternative information sources. Internet users worldwide found themselves plunged into unexpected darkness as Google servers went down unexpectedly. And their Google search queries returned absolutely nothing. Because the public is so reliant upon Google and know nothing else, they were forced to try to find other methods to get information. Some people discovered there are search engines such as DuckDuckGo or StartPage, if they could manage to even realize that there are other search engines. So people initially started to go to Twitter to see if anybody else had experienced the absolute unthinkable, that Google wasn't working. They called it the horrific 21st century dark age, only to learn <laughs> that they weren't alone. The outage appeared to be widespread, with no explanation available other than a promise from somebody somewhere out in cyberspace that the engineers have been notified and are working to resolve the issue. Well, as it turned out, Google was out for an hour or more with random interruptions in service for several hours longer. (laughs) So uh, there you have it. Maybe some people found out that Google is not the only alternative out there. Well, they did. They found that out. They discovered that. Well, uh, on to genetic uh, engineering. Let's talk about this for a second. Um, This is really concerning, but it's not going to surprise you. I mean, you know, come on failed GM mosquito control experiment may have strengthened the wild bugs in the wrong way. Now, we've talked about this. We've talked about that one of the most disturbing ideas to control mosquito populations has been to release genetically modified male mosquitoes that produce unviable offspring. We've been saying that's not a very good idea. But unfortunately, A test of this in Brazil appears to have failed with genes from the mutant mosquitoes having already mixed with the native population. Researchers from Yale University have now examined mosquitoes around the area of Brazil where the largest test of this technique took place over the last few years. And not only did mosquito numbers bounce back up in the months after this test, But some of the native bugs they discovered had retained genes from the engineered mosquitoes. And worse, the genetic experiment may have had the opposite effect and made the mosquitoes even more resilient to pest control. The bugs in the area are now made up of three strains mixed together. The original Brazilian locals plus strains from Cuba and Mexico, those were the two strains that were crossed to make the genetically modified insects. And they say this wider gene pool could make these bugs more robust as an, as an entire group. Now, the scientists are assuring the public that the mixed mosquitoes pose no extra health risk, but they admit there is still cause for concern. It's unclear exactly what effect this will have on disease transmission or other control methods. So one wonders, how dare they assure the public that there is no extra health risk when Nobody really knows for sure. Researchers are saying it is the unanticipated outcome of this experiment that is concerning. Maybe they'll learn. It would be nice, wouldn't it? They would learn. Well, what do you guys think of this? John Hopkins is going to open a new $17 million psychedelic research center. They are. John Hopkins University recently announced the opening for the Center for Psychedelic and Consciousness Research, a facility within John Hopkins Medicine that will be dedicated to studying psychedelics and their potential to be used in medical treatment. This research center is the first of its kind in the United States and the largest of its kind in the entire world. The research effort has received $17 million in donations from private investors, and they tell us that researchers will be studying the effects of psychedelic substances on the human brain. Anybody has suffered from heartburn? All of you? Any of you? Do you take Zantac? Well, don't. The popular heart drug—excuse me, heartburn drug—Zantac or Ranitidine has been found to be tainted with a carcinogen. This comes from peoplespharmacy.com. I really want to recommend this website to all of you. I hope you will frequent it often and sign up for their newsletter. Uh, People's Pharmacy reports that on Friday, September 13th this year, the FDA officially acknowledged that some ranadidine or Zantac pills have been found to contain the impurity NDMA which is a nitrosamine that is a potent carcinogen. Well, who discovered that the Zantac, or this ranitidine, is tainted with carcinogen? Well, surprisingly, a private group. Because of concerns about generic drugs in general, and the contamination catastrophe in general with pills, one pharmacy decided to start testing all of the drugs that it dispenses. The name of this pharmacy is called Valisure, V-A-L-I-S-U-R-E. It's an online pharmacy based in New Haven, Connecticut. The company has a motto and it says, Valisure is the only pharmacy that chemically tests every batch of medication that we sell at no additional cost. Batch tested medication delivered to your door." End quote. Well, the scientists at Valisure discovered that the ranitidine and Zantac samples it was testing had unexpectedly high levels of the NDMA. Now, Zantac is an extremely popular acid-blocking drug, and People's Pharmacy goes on to say, "According to our calculations, over 15 million ranitidine prescriptions are dispensed annually. That does not count all of the over-the-counter bottles of Zantac that are sold. goes on to say, if Valashure's testing procedures are accurate, that's over uh, 30,000 times, 30, times the permissible FDA level for NDMA. Now, Valashure calls for the agency and the FDA to recall and suspend sale of all lots of all products containing RID9. The pharmacy asked the FDA to investigate the manufacturing processes for this drug and instruct people on the safe disposal of it. Well, the FDA has responded, and uh, they have somewhat um, minimized uh, this alarm and uh, not too much to say about it. They say it's generally not harmful. So you might want to read about this on uh, peoplespharmacy.com and uh, see what you think. I wouldn't be taking any of it myself. So, but there is a pharmacy that tests everything they send to you. I had no idea about this pharmacy. I think it's something we might want to investigate. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. How about a quote to help you through the week? Isaac Asimov said, the saddest aspect of life right now is that science gathers knowledge faster than society gathers wisdom. Well oh, that's yeah, stating the obvious, isn't it? And he also said, Never let your sense of morals prevent you from doing what's right.
2: <laughs>
1: I like that. One. <laughs> that's a good <laughs> So with that in mind and from my heart to yours, have a beautiful week, everybody. Thank you, Ariel. Talk again thank next week. Thank
0: you so much, Anastasia. Sure. You do a great job, and there's always important stuff that you're just not going to hear anyplace else. So thank you for your hard work.
1: Sure, you're welcome. Love to all of you. Night-night.
0: Okay. Talk to you next next week. Okay. All right. I'm going to get your mic, open, Lavendar. And um, I'm so excited to, to tell this story because, you know, we've told it. Um, at the quests, but we've never really uh, explained or told the story of, of how all this got started. So um, I'm kind of going to ask you a few questions just to uh, to get it okay. get the ball rolling. So okay. <clears throat> you've told the story many many times of of how you went to Cairo and on Pleiadian lineup in 1983 at the um, instruction and request of your Pleiadian team, and you did that, and you took um, the the little tiny Giza crystals that came from um, a mine in, in Arkansas, and you took those crystals into the Great Pyramid where they were charged, and I'm, I'm just giving you the thumbnail <laughs> uh, version of this because we've told this story many times on the radio. So when... You came out of the pyramid on November nineteenth. Um, did you come right back to the United States, or did you travel some some more over there?
3: no i um uh, I actually went to Israel and had I, I was told to go plant some geezes in the valley of Armageddon, which I did. and then i um, uh, then flew to Switzerland. And stayed there for about a week um, just to cool out and, you know, get a, a new sense of direction because so much happened to me in that in the pyramid when the Pleiadians came. I, you know, it was like a huge adjustment <laughs> to, to come back to Earth and say, okay, this is what I have now. And then um, when we left Switzerland, we came to Greece. And I spent, I don't know, three or four days on the island of Crete. And then suddenly I was I was reminded that I had to immediately um, uh, change our plans and, and fly back to the United States. And that's when I realized that a lot of walk-ins had happened over Pleiadian lineup. That's where a lot of celebrity walk-ins I'm talking about, that you could actually check and see how many of them were placed in the hospital. There was a lot of exchange of, of uh, beings from the Pleiades. A lot of Ple- Pleiadians went home and a lot of them, came back to the planet so after that I uh, took these crystals and and at that time we didn't have the internet we 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 didn't even have the fax machine yet (laughs) so (laughs) when people found out about these crystals they wanted to have some, they wanted to place them I was told that these geysers were coated with energies not of this world, 7 million times celestial power and when I said well how, how strong is that they said we have nothing on the planet to measure them with, so um they went to lakes and mountains and trees and people and and they just kind of had a mind all of their own they're They're really tiny in their structure, but they're so powerful in their energetics. so a lot of um uh, uh, people started contacting me wanting these crystals, and lo and behold. All of a sudden, Australia became a major point for people to go and plant the crystals around Ayers Rock. And all these years, I've wondered why so many people were led there. I mean, you have to, you know, get an airplane for long rides. I mean, it's it's a it's a really taskmaster to get to the Ayers Rock. Well, years later, I found out that that uh, symbol on top of Ayers Rock was the same symbol they found recently the last few years in a pyramid in Giza uh, in Egypt. And it meant time travel. So I thought, oh, maybe they're going to make the rock do something crazy or abort it or I don't know. I, I've been waiting to, to know about Ayers Rock. But anyway, wow. I um, started, you know, handing out the crystals to people that wanted them. And then in 1991, I guess, I was in Georgia and um, – I had decided that that was time for me to – I had an, a, a lightning experience where I really had come to terms with I'd been hit you know, three times by lightning, and I was getting, getting to the point where I was really getting tired of being tested with lightning. So I was uh, at a friend's house, and she said, you know, there's a little cabin down the road, and uh, you can go down there and, and have a session with this person. First of all, I didn't want to have a session with this person. I was, I was in a state of mind there where I thought, you know what, I just need to walk away from this work for a while. But this person kept insisting, said, oh, no, you've just got to do my solar return. I, I hear that you do really fabulous work with your um, birthday readings. And so I, I agreed. And when we got down there, it was screened-in porch. And as I was talking, lightning started striking and it first struck, you know, one side. And it went, when it started happening, I thought, you know, it's time for me to embrace lightning and not be afraid of it. And I really took full power that day. And after I took it, the lightning hit on four, two in front of me, and two behind me. And every time it happened, I would just breathe. And it was like I was, I was gaining strength and energy from the lightning. Well, after this happened, I said, now what? <laughs> It was like, oh, boy, <laughs> what have I done now? So I got in my car. I heard, well, you need to go to Florida, and you need to find the eagles. And I said, what eagles? Well, you'll know. You will know. And I, at that time, uh, I had a Lincoln and an American Express. And so I just took off and went to Florida. And um, so now you go ahead with, with the rest of the story.
0: Okay. Well, some <clears throat> at some point after you came back from Egypt, um, you went through Arkansas. Yes. And and you left some crystals. Um, yes,
3: my hand crystals that I yeah. used in Cairo uh, were given to me uh, by Garland Mel and and when I got back from from uh, the initiations and everything, I came back to Arkansas, and I went to his shop. And it was called the Monte Cristo uh and I said, "You know, I've got a feeling that that someone's gonna come here one day and you're gonna know who to give these geeses to and I had them in a little a little envelope, and I did that I guess back in nineteen let me think I guess it was in eighty three when I got back i went i yeah so so yeah, I had handed them to Garland in eighty three and then when I got the the um instructions to go to Florida to find the Eagles, I didn't really have it in my mind that or I had not even remembered that I had actually given them to Garland. I, I had to be reminded of it later. So now you can go ahead with your story.
0: So um while you were <laughs> while you were doing you know, high planetary work, um in the Great Pyramid, in the Pleiadians, and the walk-in demonstrations and all of that, while you were doing that, um, I was living in Florida. And from 83, when you were there, um, until, you know, like eight years later, I was I was singing, trying to work on a, on a CD and, you know, get the record deal and... Um, but I just was going from, from one gig to the next gig, and I felt like I was just like, "What am I doing? Um, this, I can't just continue to do this." So I felt like I was a little bit lost, even though, you know I had, I had work to go do. Um, I just I just had no idea um, where I was going with all of that. So um, in 1987. I was singing in Key West, Florida, and uh, I'd been there for about a year, and one night um, I, was at, I was in this big hotel where I was performing, and this guy came in, um, nice-looking guy, and on my break, he came up to me, and he noticed I was wearing a crystal, a necklace, crystal necklace. He came up and said, do you believe in crystal energy? And I thought, well, that's a line I haven't heard before. <laughs> and I mean, and I was, I was intrigued. And, um, you know, we started seeing each other. And it turned out that he, he only came down there um, for, you know, like, weekend vacations. He lived in Jupiter, Florida. And in order to be closer to him, I left Key West and I moved to Jupiter, Florida and was doing the same thing, you know, singing here and there. And um in 1980, well that was in 86 that I moved to Jupiter. And then in 1987, um I actually married the guy. It only lasted about <laughs> 6 months, but um when it was like I, from my honeymoon, I want to go to Arkansas and dig for crystals. And and he was okay with that. So in 87, I went to Arkansas, and we went digging at all the places that we, you know, um, had been going with our groups. And um, he wanted a big crystal. And to him, size was everything. And, and we were driving down the road, and we just saw this this old building with a, a side yard and a whole bunch of tables. And this one table was really, really long, like, you know, like a a huge... Long table, and on that table were 16 giant crystals. I mean, some of them were four feet long, and we're talking about single terminated crystals. Some of them were like four feet long. They looked like torpedoes sitting on this on this table, and they were, you know, all different sizes, but they were huge, um, and and, um, you know, we turned out that the guy that owned the place was Garland Millholland, your friend. Of course, I had no idea about you or any of that at the time. And, um, you know, and he, he said, you're, you know, you're welcome to look uh, and, and be with the crystals, but they're not for sale. So it's like, well, you know. He really wants a big one, so do you have any friends that are in the business that might have a large crystal? And uh, he said, well, I'll have to, have to look around, and we'll, we'll come back tomorrow. So um, well, I guess an important part of the story, while we were there that day, um, we were chatting and, and kind of bonding because apparently I physically resembled his daughter who had just died from cancer. And he was he was still you know grieving. And when he told me that, I was moved and inspired. I sang in the Lord's Prayer, just standing there in the shop. I mean, there was only us. and I sang in the Lord's Prayer, and he started crying. Um, and it was it was a very touching and and bonding kind of moment. Um, so I said, well, we'll come back tomorrow. And when we went back, to see if he'd located some large crystals, he said, "Well, I've given this some thought, and there will be no negotiation. You can go out on that table and pick any one of those crystals, and it's going to cost you a hundred dollars." Now, I mean, even that long ago, those crystals were worth five, 10,000 apiece because they were so huge. But he, you know, he, there had to be an exchange. So we go out and we're walking up and down this table looking at these crystals. And um, I had my eye on the smallest one because it was the only one that didn't have the tip broken off. And if a crystal doesn't have the point on the end, it doesn't work. It can't focus energy. And if they're really cloudy and milky, they don't work either. They've got to have that clear. And there was only one of them. And it was the smallest one. And I was standing there with my hand on it, and I looked over at Garland, and his eyes were twinkling. This man had the thickest white, I mean, snow-white hair and eyes that were so blue, you could almost not even look in them. You know, so sometimes people's eyes are almost transparently blue. And I I looked at him, and I thought, this is definitely the crystal god right here. Um, But I looked over at him, and his eyes were twinkling. And I had my hand on the little one and I was like, I really like this one. And he smiled and he said, that's the purest one. And that is the one that that came home with me. And, and he also um, gave me a, a huge piece of amethyst. It was an amethyst um, geode. Looks like an amphitheater. I mean, it's just really big and, and another huge cluster of crystals. But and I was thanking him, and, you know, we gave him the money. And just as we were about to leave, um, uh, he had already, I'm saying he, because I really don't even want him to say his name. <laughs> he had already gone out to the car, and I'm standing there alone with Garland. And, and he said, come over here. And he took me behind the counter, and he said, I was given this by a friend of mine, and she told me, that someday someone would walk in here and I would know that these were for her or him. And he handed me this little kind of tiny, tiny manila envelope thing just about the size to put a house key in. And on the outside was written Lavendar, Cairo, 1983. And uh, he opened it up and he poured some of these teeny, tiny crystals into his hand I'd never seen anything like it. They were tiny, perfectly clear, double terminated, about the size of a grain of rice or smaller. And um, he said, these are for you. And I didn't know what to do with them. I was honored and I was thankful, but I had no idea what he had just given me. So I took them home and in 1987, and I put them in the top drawer of my dresser because something inside of me said these are so special that if you don't know what to do with them don't do anything just leave them be so they sat there for another four years so here this is the eight years where I'm just kind of wandering aimlessly going from job to job not really having any kind of a a plan for the future Um, and I was still living in Jupiter, Florida. So one night I was at that time um, singing at the at the Jupiter Beach Hilton, and I had a, a friend who was a chiropractor, and she used to come and see me all the time. And this one night she came in, and she had a friend of hers who was in town um, at the time and introduced me. And we started talking on my break, and this, this lady... Um, her name was Susan. She was kind of going on and on about oh, and just the way she was talking, I still like, still remembers like, oh, you've got to meet this this star maiden. She's in town, and and you just she's just so fantastic. You've just got to meet her. And I'm thinking, what the hell is a star maiden? <laughs> I didn't know. Um, and I thought, well, yeah, that you know, that sounds nice. And I kind of you know forgot about it. And then, um, and then she said it again. And she said, well, you know, I do tarot readings. You know, why don't you come over uh, to my hotel tomorrow and I'll, I'll do a reading for you. And I thought, well, okay. That sounds fine to me. So I went over and, and sitting at the table with her and she was, you know, doing the cards and talking. And she said it again. She said, you have just got to meet this star maiden. She's in town and you'll never meet anybody like Lavendar. And at that point, my heart just about flew out my mouth because that was the name on the envelope that had been sitting in my top drawer for four years that Garland had for four years before that. And it's like, all right, this was a moment in time that I'm never going to forget. And I I mean, I couldn't get home fast enough. She had given me the, the hotel where you were staying, your phone number, the room you were in, and I called you up. And and I said, well, you don't know me, but we have a mutual friend, and his name is Garland Milholland. And like it was yesterday, I remember your exact words. You said, do you realize what you're saying? <laughs> I thought, well, yeah, I think I do. I had no clue what I was saying. <laughs> I had no clue of the implications of that. So um, you asked how to get to my house, and... Um, you were there in 30 minutes. And we, I mean, I had just happened to have had my chart done, and I remember handing you the chart, and you'd look at the chart, and then you'd look at me, and then you'd look down at the chart, and then you'd look at me. And I felt like you had X-ray vision, like, like you were looking right through me. And um, um, we went to that, that Chinese restaurant. Remember, we were there for about four hours and and you just started downloading all this information about the pleiades um about extraterrestrials about the star seeds and even though i mean i had only found out about crystals a couple of years you know two or three years before that i knew i was hearing truth i just knew it and um at that time i had I was living on this little farm in Jupiter. I was living in the downstairs apartment, and there were some other people living in the upstairs apartment. And that girl had uh, been in an accident. Her name was Heather, and car accident, and she'd broken her arm really bad. And she was in a lot of pain, going back and forth to the hospital, and um, just laying on that couch, which was pretty much right above my bedroom. Uh, taking pain pills all day, well, you came to to you know my my house in Jupiter, and you showed me what to do with the little geeses and you said you put them in a little tiny triangle and it and it opens this standing columnar wave, and it's like a portal and I thought, well, that sounds pretty cool, so I did it right away, and I put these you know right by my bedside table and um, after about a week, the girl upstairs, who was on the couch right over this, my bed, she went to the hospital and they thought they were going to have to put pins in her arm. And it's like, this is amazing. It just started to heal. And her arm healed up so quickly she didn't need the pins. And um, a and corn plant, there was a corn plant right by the couch that flowered. I've never seen a corn plant flower but the the energy of the geese was so strong. It healed her and you know, flowered the corn plant. And then she says, like, you know what, we're gonna move back to New Hampshire. So she goes back to New Hampshire and the upstairs apartment was empty. So that's when you moved in. And we had our adventures. That was in that was in ninety one. And you told me, um well, why don't you you just, just tell what what did um, um George Van Tassel tell you about waiting? And you've said this on the show before but this is a part of the story. When you talked to George Van Tassel in, in nineteen seventy seven.
3: Yes, when I, and, I, and I he, took a walk he, with him Yes, I took a walk with George out into the desert and I didn't realize at that time uh, what was actually happening to me. I had to look back later and go, oh, my goodness, that's what that was. We walked out into the desert, and he would reach over and touch my forehead, and then he would start downloading information. he told me about technologies that were coming to the planet, walk-ins, the Tesla kids, the Tesla technology that would be bringing free energy to the planet. He was talking to me about his integraton and, and the information that was given to him to build it, just all kinds of things. And, and remember, in 1977, I mean, nobody was talking about walk-ins. I mean, Ruth Montgomery had just maybe had, had written a book, but I don't even think it had come out yet. I don't think her book came out until 1980. So there was not any mention. So I didn't understand when he was talking about walk-ins what that really was. So... About three hours of this, he says to me, well, it's time for you to go back to the house. And he pointed to the rock, giant rock, and he said, I want you to know that when that rock cracks, that's when it's time for you to release your information, safety of information, he said, that I was carrying at that time. So I went back to the house and uh, everybody was having dinner, and I said, well, George will be in a little bit. And I went into a bedroom and laid down because I, I was so blown away w- with what he was sharing with me. I just had to go be by myself. And so I, I laid down and went to sleep, and I woke up about 10:30 or 11, and heard all this racket in the living room, and they were all upset because George wasn't back, and they were putting together a team to go look for him. And, and this went on for, I don't know how long, maybe till 1 or 2 in the morning. I don't remember the exact time. And then, all of a sudden, George just came, and he just walked in the door. And he goes over, and he touches everybody on their, in their third eye, and then he sits down. And what I realize now is he erased, he erased the very fact that he'd been gone or something. I, I'm not sure what he did with all the people that he did that to, but he didn't do it with me. He wanted me to see what was transpiring. And what had happened was when he walked out into the desert, they came and got him and brought a walk in So I got to observe and experience what it was like to be in the presence of a new walk-in. About a month later, he and Doris, his wife, were over in um, California at a motel, and he had a heart attack and died. And Doris called me immediately. I was in Santa Monica that day, and she knew it because we kept close touch with each other all the time. And she called me and she says, you've got to come. Quickly, George is dead. So when I got there, um, she showed me the table that and the lamp. The table had been split uh, in half like lightning had struck it, and the lamp was crushed. Uh, everything in the room was rearranged, and she was hysterical. And I said, oh, my goodness, what has happened here? Well, it took a little while to figure this out because – I, I had realized that, that I was being put in a position to take charge of his funeral and everything that happened, and and I thought, oh, my goodness. You know, he's just downloaded all this information to me, and now he's gone, and I, I don't even know who to talk to about it. And remember, it was 1977. So about, I can't remember when it was, but it was probably after the funeral. Doris came to me, and she said, I need to tell you something. I said, what? She said, that wasn't George. What do you mean? She said, She said, when he came back from that walk with you, he was different. And I had to know, I had to keep it to myself because I thought, Oh my goodness, something really happened out there in the desert, and I don't know who to talk or tell about it. And she said, I'm telling you now that that was not the same George that that left with you. Another George came back, and he was totally different. So, um, I said, "Oh my goodness!" So that was he gave me the demonstration of a walk-in. So then, years later, when when the rock actually cracked, and uh, and I think that you had an experience with a man that had been there and that that knew Doris at that time,
0: didn't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so now we just we just fast forwarded uh, ten years from ninety one to two thousand and one, um, and it was february of two no wait it was february of 2000 2001 now i can't can't remember but it was one or the other um i had met someone who who knew doris and george and and had been to giant rock and and i had called you to say cuz you're not going to believe this you know i meet someone in in, in atlanta who's connected to this whole story and um, and it was right about I think it was 2001 that the rock split just like George said and 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 you knew then that it was time to release your information but even I mean even then uh, the internet wasn't anything like it like it is today and we weren't really sure how to go about doing that. So, um and I and you were a little you'd been holding it for so long that it was like, okay, you can let it go now, you couldn't <laughs> you know just like it been it had been secured away for so long that I mean you had trouble um making the decision to to go kind of public with it.
3: Yeah, and so, also I'd like to add that on that walk with George, he told me that that I would be in training with ETs for 25 years and that I was to take my high strangeness experiences and I was to write them down and put them in a bank bank vault. And I wasn't to release them until after the crack happened with the rock. And so when the crack, when the rock cracked, I mean, I went, I just went, <laughs> it was almost like I felt it in my soul the day that it had happened. And, and I have written about that in, in, in another uh, article, but, um, I thought it was very unusual that this man came to you after he'd just been to Giant Rock. And so there was another connection that was happening. Yeah. And you and I yeah. had already, we had already moved to Georgia by that time.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. We moved up from, from Jupiter um, in early 92. So we moved right. up to, you know, the uh, to Georgia. And and then it was i mean you were taking care of your parents at that time so that wasn't that wasn't the time to launch and and it was in in 2008 really when you know i, I started thinking that you know we could do a website and um and we we were talking to Anastasia at that time um and you know, I put together the website and <laughs> kind of like the, the rest is history. But with what has happened since then um, in, the, in the very beginning, so we launched um, in 2009 the website and then the radio show in, in 2010. So, I mean, we were doing, you know, readings. And at that time, um, when we first started off, you were still doing the stage one readings. Right. and um, And then it it became apparent that really your forte is well, you've got to be talking to the person to to get that third file in your brain that opens up you 've got to have yeah. that that voice that voice print so you quit doing the stage ones, however, in that time, that very short period of time when you were doing the stage one you know recordings where the person doesn 't actually talk to you, um, you had done. Um, a recording for a lady um, named Claire. And and Claire had a friend named Tammy. And Claire said to Tammy, um, if you want to, um, you know, well, how did she say it? This will be the best 25 bucks you ever spent because when we first started, that's what it was. Um, and we have since evolved from, you know, given 20 minutes to given 40, 50 minutes um, but at that time, so Tammy got a reading from you. And that was, you know, enter Tammy. So very early on. And then in, in 2012, um, we went to France with Kathleen McGowan on the Mary Magdalene um, um, quest, I think we called it. and And Tammy was in on that she came to France and and I have to say (laughs) Tammy I am still so proud of you because you had never been on an airplane and your first trip was overseas that took so much courage and and you you showed up and and I remember um, we were at this place called um, Magdalene's Grotto And that's where something really wonderful and um, otherworldly was activated. um, And and, and Tammy's healing work just went up to like four or five levels (laughs) at the same time. But that's where um, when we got back from France, um, Tammy wanted to do, um, it's like let's get a, a reunion for all the people that went to France and take them to Arkansas and and go dig crystals. So it was Tammy who came up with the idea for what has now become the Starseed Quest. And it was the Crystal Quest um, at first, and and then it's much more now about than just about crystals. So over the, over the, um, the, the time, um, in, in 2012, six months later, We had our first Crystal Quest, and and it was, you know, it was all Tammy. She came up with the idea, and she had, um, she stayed vigilant. And now, um, you know, the whole three sister spin, it's you and me and Tammy. So all of this happened, and think of all the people um, that, that we've had that have come to Arkansas. And I remember uh, when um, when Tammy was was kind of formulating this idea. Uh, we were looking online, you know, trying to see some some places, some venues. And uh, <laughs> Tammy says, "Well, you know what? I'll take a hit for the team. I'll drive to Arkansas and go check this out." And she really, really wanted to go. Um, so that's just that's just a sense of humor there, but. So when Tammy got to Arkansas um I mean she called me up and she said this is this is surreal everywhere I go people want to be by me they want to stand by her they want to come and talk to me they they rolled out the red carpet and she it took years for her to figure out what that was all about but <clears throat> it was like you know Tammy returned home and by by 2013, she had moved there, and now, you know, Tammy lives at the center point of the Crystal Grid, um, on on sacred land, and I just just wanted to to say that there have been so many um, wonderful people that have come together at the Quest that have uh, claimed their power. That have gone on to do wonderful things all over the world. We have people coming from all over, and none of that would have would have happened without without Tammy getting that idea about taking you know taking people to uh, to Arkansas, and it and now it's evolved so much that um, and it just keeps getting better and better and stronger and stronger. So, um, And, I, you know, and the, I, I'm,
3: the, I'm sitting in Tammy's house now on top of a crystal grid And I have been here uh, since uh, April Have not been back to Oklahoma uh, after the passing of Richard So I love it here And I'm trying to figure out ways to move here Because this, this is the land And the land uh, speaks to everyone, I think, that comes here You know, the land is so... Um, inspirational it's beautiful we have lakes and trees and 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 these beautiful uh, crystal mounds that are here but that, that it's more than that it's like people that come here somehow that the you know quartz is an amplifier and it amplifies people's personalities it amplifies their records it, it it makes their blood crystals pop and so when they come here they have you know quite an, an experience just from the land alone, even if, even if we didn't have them, you know, doing certain things on certain days, even if they just came and, and hung out here, it was. I think it would still happen. It wouldn't happen um, like what we do, but I'm just saying that that the land is calling people to come home, and there's a homing device that seems to be happening in this crystal vein here, and I have the feeling that a lot of old Atlanteans will be showing up here sooner or later, and different different pockets of karma will be taking place from this land. So I'm, I'm very thrilled to see so many people that have returned. We have alumni that come back time and time again. We're having a, another alumni this November, and uh, we put out the calling, and within 48 hours we were already, already filled. So to see the people coming back time and time again, that really tells you something. It's like, there's something that they that they get each time they come, and it and it's like a an upgrade. I think that's the way I look at it. I I saw one one gal that came, and she was very quiet and she was very demure and very scared. Now she's taken her power. Now we can hardly recognize that quiet one anymore. We can't shut her up.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> the joke that we, we have with her.
0: We've had because a lot it, a lot like you know. Yeah, people um, just change. Yeah, for the better. Yeah, and just yeah, and when they come back, it's it's really apparent that they have oh, yeah. really stepped up, and um, and and it's amazing to me how people that are that feel the call to a particular gathering, the the other people that feel that call too, they've got soul records together. They recognize each other. So and well, it, and I also, no,
3: it's, yeah. Go ahead. It, it, let me just interject something here that I think is really important, because I I've come to know that the kids that were born after 1980, they ha there's the ones with star markings. They have some kind of resonant field in their system, that when when they hear a code or hear something, it it puts them on alert, like. I started asking people I'd say, Well, how did you find me? And they go, Oh, I had a dream about the word starseed and I got up and Googled and found you the first two or three times I heard that. I thought, Well that's cute, that's quaint but after number thirty I went, Wow I Went to the ship and I said, What are you guys doing with that word starseed? And they said, Well, don't you remember? That's the one code word that all of you agreed upon to find one another because technology was gonna be up on the planet where you could find one another. And I went, wow, that's true. Okay. And it keeps happening, and it keeps happening, and it keeps happening, and it's just kind of gone over the top. So with that being said, the people that do come to the quest, they have to have these star markings or they're not invited. So when they walk through the door, a lot of them think, oh, I'm going to go and First thing I'm going to do is see lavender when I hit that door. No, when they hit the door, they start seeing their soul family. I'm probably the last person they get to to say hello. (laughs) That's how how (laughs) extreme it is when they hit that door. And it's a calling. If it's not a calling, they can't walk through the door. We've had people even uh, buy airplane tickets and get to the airport, and they couldn't get on a plane to come because they couldn't walk through the door. All kinds of things have happened that let us know that this is an extreme E.T. or starseed calling because the people that get to walk through the door were meant to be there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've talked about the orchestration and, you know, I mean, Tammy and I are the ones that organize the quest. And then, you know, you kind of, you kind of walk in with, with the meat and the filet mignon and we take care of all the side dishes, you know, and organizing (laughs) and taking emails. And, um, you know, so between Tammy and I, um, we get to see every quest. There's, 10, maybe 20 people who say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm coming. Save me a spot. And then something happens, and they can't make it. And it's not that there was anything wrong with those people. It's just that they weren't part of this particular tapestry. It's like, no, we're working with with these records right now, and only people. So it's not only about the star markings, uh, which are really all that we have access to, but from aboard ship they are they're moving people like like pieces on a chessboard and it's like no you come at a different time you got to come this time and they move people around and that's how come when they walk in they recognize each other and and there's so much uh you know harmony but yeah there are there are people who um they think they're coming and they really really want to but it's not their turn and that happens every single time You know, and and even to the point where, you know, know, Tammy and I, it's like, okay, you know, maybe they'll make it this time. And then, lo and behold, there'll be a quest when they show up. And that was the one that they were intended to come to. And then, of course, once you've come once, um, it's a lot easier to come the second time because you'll be bringing the codes from whatever group you were with to the current group. But, yeah, and, and, you know, I mean, Tammy... Tammy does so much in organizing, um, in paying attention to details, um, making sure that everything, every, all the t's are crossed and the i's are dotted. So, um, you know, I and, mean, she's, it and was... she's
3: also introduced her new feather work that she does uh, at these quests. The last two or three quests that we've had, um, we have uh, introduced the feather work that, that Tammy does, which is so incredible that activates so many people with their native american records the the times that we've seen her do her work uh, i mean there's just a, a calm in the room and yet it, everybody's eyes are big and watching and 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 the things that people are seeing that happen uh, in the center of the room it's pretty awesome pretty awesome it's hard to describe yeah. on, on the radio yeah
0: yeah and um and and Tammy does a a very big, moving, um, impactful presentation that is, the the information is so sacred that I I didn't even want to, um, you know, give a topic. (coughs) Excuse me, but it's the the true history of what has really happened on that land. And she keeps getting downloaded with more and more information. But um, that, is only for our private time at the Quest. But right. it, it's it's momentous. It's momentous not only in clearing records, but in um, returning to joy.
3: How many quests have we done now? I forgot the number.
0: Uh, we've got the 28th coming up. Eight, okay. 28. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and in... in in August, we had um, it was our 27th quest, and we had 27 people show up.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. And then in May, we had 33 people, and 11 of them were alumni. So I I look at the patterns and the and the you know the the numbers of it, but it's like this was not a plan, a human plan you know we just field we field the emails um and and handle the 3D logistics of it but most of it's out of our hands yeah so yeah and you know and we have a wonderful team that helps us at the quests you know Denise Jada Sheila um and then we have um other people that come and go, they're not there every single time, but, you know, Caitlin, Mari, um, wonderful Starseeds, Riley, that have all participated um, in support because we can't run that whole or event with, with just the three of us. So um, the, the help of those Starseeds is immeasurable. And, and then we have another team helping us with the radio show, you know, Fiona, Jada, Kathy, um, in the past we've had Vanya and Claudia, we love all of you and so appreciate what you do. Um, and we just we just have star seeds all over the world. And it and it all started with you going to Cairo in nineteen eighty three. Yeah, and taking those think, Yeah. <laughs> you know, taking yeah. those geese and giving them to Garland. Um when you stand back and you look at it in retrospect, you're gonna say, This was so divinely planned But when you're right in it you don't see that. You know, Well that's you just the way I was
3: it. when the that's the way I was when Giant Rock cracked. It's like, Oh my goodness, this has really happened. He told me this would happen and it's happened. And now what am I gonna do? <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah. Oh my Oh yeah, and by oh, this yeah. time, and by this time, I've already gone through twenty five years of high strangeness to the point of almost insanity. So it's like, okay, the 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 rock is cracked now, and I'm not sure if I want to take it out of the vault. You know, you had to coach me a long time before I ever brought it out of the vault. Do you
0: remember that? Yeah. Well, I you just uh, <laughs> you needed a double Aries to to light that fire under you. Yeah. That's true. And now, I mean, it's there are so many people. I mean literally thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And they're all, I mean, they're star seeds and then for those people, if they each touch one person <clears throat> or they awaken another star seed, it's it's spreading. It's spreading. And and it's and it's global. It's not just here in the United States. I mean, it's everywhere. Um, and we think about the people that we've met that come from, you know, from England, from Germany, from Ireland, from Italy, um, Australia, Norway, Australia, Australia, Australia. Yeah. New Zealand, um, and we've had people from Indonesia and India, um, Germany, Vietnam, Vietnam, France. Uh, you know, it's just. It's amazing to step back and look at how this is spreading. And, and the reason that we wanted to tell this story is because there are lots of seeds out there who are actually on a defined track to you know the success of their mission and getting it out there. But very often, you're unaware of that. You might think you're lost, or that you don't, you know, have anything to any direction, or and and your team is upstairs, just kind of laughing. It's like, oh, she thinks she she thinks she's lost, um, but they have a plan, and they, and they and they just nudge here and there. So the key is just to to keep your ears open, and when you get when you get a nudge, when you get a feeling, when you get something that starts pulling at you, um, don't submerge it. Because it's you know that's how these this internal guidance works you know <clears throat> excuse me and for me <laughs> it's like okay they had to throw a man into the mix that'll get her out of Key West <laughs> sure enough it did you know and he just happened to live in Jupiter where is where you were going to be um, yeah to, well, find, I, the to years,
3: find the Eagles I had to find the Eagles yeah. Jupiter yeah
0: <clears throat> five years in the future that's where you were going to be. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, in retrospect, it's real clear. But when you're right in it, it's it's not clear at all, and you feel right. maybe maybe lost. So, the point is, even if you think that you don't have a direction or you don't know where you're going, you're already on your path. And uh, you know, just like the movie Castaway, you never know what the tide's going to bring in so keep your eyes open keep your ears open and know that you're not alone and you have powerful friends in high places who are helping to direct you to where you said you wanted to go in this lifetime
3: one of the things i'd like to add is that each one of the quests that we've had uh we send the giza's with the people and they go and plant them or give them or because the geese kind of have a mind all of their own and they let you know where they want to go. And so uh, I'm putting together a map of where all the geese have been placed. And um, they were actually turned on, I think, last November or, or November before that. I can't remember. The, it was in the last couple of years. Anyway, on Pleiadian lineup. So I know they're beeping. And I, if we could look from space... I think we'd see a crop circle of some kind. There'd be there's a pattern of where these geeses have been placed. I just really feel strongly about that. So, um, and we don't have many of them left. So we're not promoting this to get people to uh, to carry geeses because that's that's in fact you really can't you can't go on the website and really order them without having a session with us or coming to the
0: quest. I want to make that very clear. Yeah you know there's just a finite number of them left so um that <laughs> when they're gone they're gone i guess yeah yep, but a, that's a right. cool a cool thing about the geeses is that they will um they will program other crystals
5: yes yes
0: so so you could um you know if you if you could come up with the the solution crystals which they are because they form in water they're tiny little hair-like, double-terminated. If you have, if you can find a source of those, and you get the original um, geeses from Egypt, then you can you can turn the others into geeses. They jump, will
3: jumpstart them. You can jump-start them. Yeah,
0: that's what I was looking for. They, they they will they will program other crystals with their energy, but the geese right. themselves um, they don't absorb energy
3: they're not like, like other
0: ordinary
3: crystals.
2: yeah you, you know, they're not like other them. crystals
0: that yeah they don't hold emotions or anything like that they no. are a balancing beam between man and nature and lord knows we need one yeah, every time we really. listen to Anastasia's news you know i mean and when she's talking about all the flooding i mean i kept wondering that if noah was going to float by pretty soon because I mean yeah. we've just had floods all over the world so yeah, yeah. I mean, and how about the fires
3: fires at, and water well, yeah. are happening right now fires and water the fires yeah. of Amazon when, fires in California
0: yeah well you know people that think that our habits have not affected the weather system uh yeah, you might want to again. think again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Think again. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I think that's I think that's the whole story here. Um If if there's actually- anybody
3: let me say this, if there's anybody that's been to the Quest that wants to come on and uh say anything in the next ten minutes, um, you know, we would love to hear from you. I don't know if anyone is listening most people hear our podcast in the archives the next day or during the week. A lot yeah, of people
0: yeah, really hear it. Wednesday is yeah. the, the day for the most the most listens. But, yeah, well, I mean, all three of our producers, Kathy, Jada, and Fiona, they are all Quest alumni. And, um, yeah, Jada, I think you've been to the Quest out of twenty-eight, you've probably been to at least twenty of them. So yeah. So let's hear from we,
3: Jada. Yeah, let's hear from Jada. Okay.
0: Buckle up, Jada. I'm opening up your microphone. <laughs> hey. Hey, Jada. Hey.
5: Thank you for bringing me on. <laughs> yeah.
4: Thank you guys for doing this show. This has been amazing. Um. I'm so glad you all did this, and the three of you came together and brought all the rest
0: of us together. It's been quite a journey so far. Well, yeah, and and even looking, um, you know, back over all the quests and seeing, I mean, each one of you has gotten so much stronger, um, you know, in your own way. And um, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring Kathy and Fiona here as soon as they they. Um, are available. They seem to be uh, talking to each other, but yeah. And, and Jada, you know, you are, you are so much, uh, a, a part of, of the quest. Uh, it just, you know, it wouldn't be the same without you. And the, you know, the help oh, and support that you, you give is, uh, it's, it's priceless. So, um, and it's
4: funny what, what you were saying about how, um, you know, we we can't plan it this way. Things just happen. There have been a few times when I thought there was no way I
0: could make it, but if I'm supposed to be there, it all works out. Right, right. Yeah, a, a lot of people um, have have done that. It's like, you know what, I'm coming, and I'm going to let the universe work out the details. And, you know, money shows up, days off of work are granted, I mean we've seen all kinds of uh, miraculous things that we've had also we've had people um you know driving in um seeing the the ships and and of course they're always they're always there when when we're there with the group but um i'm I'm waiting for um fiona and kathle kathy to come out of the um the little screening room there but uh and I don't want to just oh, jump in so Jada I'm, I'm going to um I'm gonna let you go and maybe you could jump in there okay. and and tell them if, if they would like to, you know, come on and, and make a few comments. So we love you. Okay. I sure will. I love uh-huh. y'all too. Thank you. Okay, sweetie. i talk to you later. Okay. okay. Yeah. You know, Lavendar, when when you think about all of the the wonderful people that we've met not only doing the readings um, but you know going to Arkansas, and we were just talking about that you know at the last quest, um, you know people like like Craig Campobasso, who's doing the stranger at the Pentagon um, it's it's Starseed hotline is is kind of a magnet for for star seeds and the and the amazing thing, I, and I know that you see this too. We'll see, um, you know, when you you get readings and we do them in the order that the that the requests come in. We'll see patterns, and I keep seeing the same patterns of people that that order. They've got the same star markings. Now, how does that happen? It's no, gotta no, be that yeah. yeah, I get the, the same thing. It's yeah. GPS and and they and. Because there are tons of star seeds and they've got to have a whole variety of star markings. But it seems like there's a, a preponderance of people with a handful of the same markings over and, over and over and over and over again. So that's that's a great thing to see. Okay, now Kathy and, and Fiona are out of the um their little chat talking room. So I'd like to open up your mics, ladies, and, and have you both um Make any comments that you might feel inspired to do. Fiona and Kathy, you're both on the air. Well, this is Fiona,
4: and I'd like to say I went on the first Crystal Quest in 2012. Was that? 13, 14, Mm -hmm. 15, I it. has been about seven, almost seven years ago that I met up with your group, and it was a very, very interesting experience. I was one of the people that was able to slipped in sort of under the radar. There was no spots left, but when – and I was one of these people like, oh, I've seen Lavender's name on the the Internet. And uh, when all that happened, and then I called and uh, applied for the crest with Ariel, and then all of a sudden, there was a position open up for um, uh, a room there, and I ended up going. And subsequently, uh, meeting up with several people, uh, by a uh, interesting situation, I ended up working as a producer for the show. Um, we thought Lavender had already approved it, and we just went ahead. And, and uh, there, there you go. There I was. And um, I've had some very interesting. I travel all over. If people don't know who I am. I'm a flight attendant, so I go all over the place. And I do put Giza crystals there, but also uh, Lavendar had advised me to also wear the Gizas and, um, you know, for my traveling purposes. But it's a, it's an amazing experience. Uh, if, you, if you haven't done so, it's just, uh, and you're thinking about going, it, it can be a very eye-opening experience, a very welcome home-feeling experience, and it can... It's an educational and an acknowledgement of who you are as a star seed standing in your own self. So there's some very, very good things that I enjoyed about um, doing that. And of course, I love working with all of you every week. It's just a, a joy. Um, so I appreciate you bringing me on. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Oh. Oh, we love you too, Fiona and Kathy. Thank you, <laughs> uh, Kathy. I think you? my
5: first quest was in 2014. But I had Yeah, heard, you were one of the uh, earlier ones, yeah. Yeah, I had heard uh Lavendar doing Crack Between the Worlds, I believe it was, and uh talking about the rock splitting, but I just heard her voice and I was like, I wanna go there so I did and it has changed me for the better and I'm, I'm stronger in my power and I've had many different experiences over the years. And um, if you ever get a chance to go, it's well worth it. Uh,
3: Kathy, how many times have you been?
5: I'm not sure. About five or six, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: You've been there quite now
0: a bit, yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, you're one of the family. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you're one of the people that, that had a, um, activation of latent artistic ability. I mean, you came back after um, one of the first couple of quests with painting. Yeah,
5: I just I really wanted good. to uh, start painting, and so I started taking lessons. And then once I kind of got into it, I started getting downloads of information um, while I was doing doing the the art. And so that's been very interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, huh. yeah. I mean with with you know a with a brush or pencils and um and also with music 'cause you got the you know you got those crystal chimes, but yeah, I mean, it just like your artistic side was turned on, you know, turned it up to ten, but yeah, I just love that that uh, that picture you made for me of my horse it's I mean yeah, that when I wake up in the morning the right that's the first experience. thing I see, yeah, yeah, and the one yeah.
3: that. They- The one that you made for me, it's like your latent masterships came right front and center. That's what happened, Kathy.
5: (laughs) Well, thank you all. It's it's all of you all putting all this together and doing all the -the behind-the-scenes work, and it's very much appreciated. Thank you.
0: Well, it's so worth it. So worth it. So, well, um, I think we're about ready to wrap it up unless uh, anybody has any final comments. Okay. I think
5: it's, uh, <laughs> two other people that want to say something. I don't know if you saw those or not. Oh, oh wait.
0: Okay.
3: Who? Oh.
0: Okay. All right. All right. We have we have a couple of callers. Thank you for telling me that, Kathy, because um, I didn't hadn't scrolled down, so I didn't see um, the notes. Um, so, okay. Well, we've got Lynn, of course. So let me get your mic open, Lynn. Hey, Lynn. How are you? I'm doing
6: great. Nice to hear your voice. Thank you. Nice to hear yours. And what fun to hear this journey, um, which I've had a little peripheral um, exposure to with Lavendar and both, both of you. And I didn't know you were in Key West.
0: Yeah, that was the last place I was before I went to Jupiter, which is is where I met Lavendar. Well, I had um, I had
6: several businesses there oh, during that time. I didn't I, oh wow, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, um, and and I'm sure at some time we'll speak off the record, but uh, I can I'm I'm sure I know where you were, and I probably. You we've probably got some people in common. Um it's so, a very small island.
0: It is. It is, yeah. <laughs> and everybody takes care of everybody else. So I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um but it was a year and when it was over it was over. Um yeah. but yeah, that was a where a really Where were you singing? Oh, I sang at Sloppy Joe's, um, I sang at Rick's and I sang at the Pier. Um, that big hotel at the, the end pier of house. Uh, yeah, the Pier, house, the pier and, house at the end of Duval Street. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I was right there with all the action. But yeah, and and you, um, I met you when we first came to um, Atlanta because yeah. you you happened to be in town for something, and 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 Lavendar said, "Well, you've got to meet Lynn." So. We hooked up, and that was that was before Starseed Hotline. Well before Star yes, Hotline. France, that
3: was, yeah, that's before France. She went with us to France
0: too. That's right. That's right. So well, yeah, and then
6: I um, at, at Lavendar in the capital here, <laughs> as we're working for women's rights. Actually, yeah. <laughs> oh, so it's it's been. It's, it's it's been a long journey but very fun so i would just encourage anyone that that is interested um i i was in france and had the opportunity to to do that and um certainly uh that was an extraordinary opportunity and then to see and go uh, to arkansas and what you and uh tammy and this, that three sister spin has created. So I would encourage anyone who wants to, who you know, listens to this line, that they should absolutely do that and make that trip to Arkansas. Uh,
0: it's it's a it's a wonderful thing. You know, it's very fulfilling for everybody. You know, not only for us, but for the people that come, and and then. Seeing the friendships, you know, people's like like long lost family, and and then yes. you hear later, it's like, oh yeah, you know, they're they're collaborating now on a project. So that's just very very uh, rewarding and fulfilling to to hear those things. So we'll be looking for you at another uh, quest in Arkansas, Lynn. You bet. One of these times, one of these times, your schedule is going to be open, and you're going to come. So we'll look forward to seeing you again there. Thank you so much, and it's um, just hello to everybody. <laughs> okay. All right. Big hugs. Okay. Bye bye. Okay, bye. Yep. Good night. So, and now uh, we have Joanne, and I, I think I know which Joanne this is. Hi, Joanne. Are you the one that came to my house? (laughs) Uh,
2: Yes, Ariel.
0: Okay.
4: The pet
2: pet sitter in (laughs) Jupiter Farms. And, um, oh, I'm going to say, too, um, to Lavendar and to you, Ariel, that the crystals, the Giza crystals were planted while living aboard our sailboat for 17 years from Las Cruces to Maine, all around the entire Caribbean, and back to Las Cruces. Probably up in the Great Lakes, too. I can't remember all the places, but Great Lakes through the Inland Rivers. (laughs) And uh, also, um, I'm happy that Lavender got me to go to the big UFO convention at Giant Rock years ago, and got to meet the Van Tassels. So it's been quite a journey, and it's interesting the way we all meet and connect. And I am planning to come to one of the quests. I don't know which one, but I'm planning on it.
3: Yeah, I know. Well, I I I hear you coming.
2: (laughs) And and I I took your advice. I've been practicing. Yeah. (laughs) Anyhow, um, it, I do try and listen, you know, every Tuesday if I can. So just know I'm
0: there, okay, and we'll get you. together. Oh. Okay. okay, we love thank it. Thank you. You know, it, Joan, when you you're, you're talking about sprinkling the geeses all around the coasts and the inland rivers and the Great Lakes, I just looked. I thought, oh, like like Joni Appleseed. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just plan, yeah, just plant little crystals.
2: <laughs> they Maybe. grow,
0: you know. Well,
2: yeah, I they do grow. grow I can't they it. do grow. Yeah, yeah. but and, you, and Joanne,
3: be- and, and Joanne, I met you in 1977 during that whole George Van Tassel thing. So you you've been with me all these years through everything. You you've heard a lot of my experiences. You've been there when I've needed you. And I, you have been a very dear friend for for many years, and I want to applaud you for that. Because a lot of people get scared and they run, and you didn't. <laughs> and <I'm> no.
2: <laughs> no, and also thank you for getting me in touch with the Ancient Great White Brotherhood. Yes. Yeah. I'm still yeah. I'm still receiving you know studies from them too.
3: Yeah. Good. So,
2: but your program's very important. Very, very important to reach more and more people. Yeah. Well, we love doing so, it.
0: it. It's it's an honor, and we get to meet wonderful people like you.
2: I know. We need to get together again soon. So I I just don't know which one I should come to. Which one do you think, Lavendar?
3: I think you should come to one in March.
2: All right. I'll plan on it. Okay.
3: That's when I do Athena and the 96 Goddesses material Yeah I think that's when you Yeah, you need to come to that one
0: Okay Well, I got the
3: date
0: And plan it Okay Okay, Yeah, it's March 20th through the 23rd Okay March 20th through 23rd Yeah I will be there Okay That sounds good well, thanks so much for calling in, Joanne. I know I know uh, Lavendar loves hearing from you. Okay, yeah. bye-bye, okay. bye, bye, sweetie. Bye. Much love. Well, I think that's that's all the callers we have. But we have a lot of callers on the switchboard tonight, and that is really heart heartwarming. And we so appreciate our Star Seed community. Um, so many wonderful people, and you 're not alone um, from our vantage point. We get to see that there are star seeds everywhere, but they pretty much just don 't talk about it with the guy next door you know? but trust me, there are star seeds awakening all over the planet, many star seeds been awake for a long time, been doing the work and it's just—it's a beautiful thing to watch because it's so needed. It is so needed. When you hear Anastasia talking about some of the scary things that are happening in the world, the Star Seeds are are going to be doing something um, that will result in a much better world.
3: Yeah, when so, the cosmic pimple—let me say this, Ariel. When the cosmic pimple busts, which it will. Then the star seeds will rise up everywhere, and then we'll have a new civilization on the planet. There's millions and of that us. was millions.
0: That's the plan all along. Yep. That was the plan all along. So, you know, they've been planted, star seeds have been planted all over the planet. Different soul groups, different abilities, but all with the same goal of a peaceful world, an Aquarian world. Yeah. So that's it for us tonight, boys and girls. And we thank you so much for listening. Did you have something else to say, Lavendar?
3: No, I just um, I'm I'm happy that we were able to share our story with our audience. Uh, a lot of people have been listening to us for many, many years, and and I think they will have probably a better idea about where we come from now after hearing this story. So thank you for um Bringing it up uh, for us to do tonight Thank you so much, Arielle And for uh, and for you, Tammy And for everyone that's been working with us all this time I love all of you And appreciate what you're doing In the name of Starseed And in, in the name of Goddess, too You know, it's, the women are rising up all over the planet I just hope that they can hold it together So that we'll be invited to the next dance Okay? <laughs> that's the way I want to do that <laughs>
0: Well, we have, we have powerful unseen hands helping all of us. And just remember that no matter where you are, no matter what position you're in, there is a plan. So allow yourself to be guided, and they will. So until next week, take care of yourselves and remember... Your power exists in your choices. So choose compassion and choose gratitude. Until next week, everyone, good night. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com.